Erev Tov, welcome back to the Shiur Mishnah Torah of the Rambam. We're in the introduction of Rabbi Yosef Kapach yesterday. The Ravad asked the question, what possibly did the Rambam help the world of Halakha? By simplifying the Talmud. And the Maran and the Kezim Mishnah, Rabbi Yosef Karo, answers him back and says, aside from that one person in the generation who's able to learn Halakha from the Talmud itself, the Rambam did a service for everybody, including those great Hamad Chamim, because they're able to learn halakha properly, uh, even in the times where they're rushing or they're, they're, you know, they're not able to look in the Talmud, but especially for those of us who are not the one in the generation, I mean, for the rest of humanity, uh, who when we learn halakha, we need the Rambam. We're at the bottom of page Chaf Aleph in the introduction. Hari Lehedia, says Rabbi Yosef Kapach, it's clear, that Rambam fixed something for the whole world. Zulati lechad bedara b'oto azman, except for that one person in that generation. V'oto azman kvar chalaf avar imchad bedara didem. And that generation, this is sarcastic, and that generation has already passed along with the person who was in that generation. Aval bezmanenu, but nowadays, sherabu hayichidim bedara. This is now Rabbi Yosef Kapach being sarcastic. But now that there are many people who are unique to their generation. What's he saying? There are many people who think they're so special, that they're so good for the Rambam, they're too good for the Rambam. This is a little bit complicated to explain, but rather, it's not a compliment. Therefore, based on the decision of Maran and his ruling, that you should only rely on Rabbeinu the Rambam. Maran himself acted this way in practical terms. Maran didn't even rely on himself, even though he was one in a generation. But like Maran himself announced, he declared openly, Maran, when he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, decided that there would be three pillars of Halakha. Harif, Harambam, and Harosh. Rabbi Yitzchak Al-Fasi, Rabbi Moshe Ibn and Rabbeinu Asher. All three of them would be his pillars of Halakha. And everywhere that two ruled together, that is where Maran camped as well. And nowadays, where do you find people? Maran himself didn't rule according to his own Talmudic logic. So where are you going to find people like that today? And even the Rivash himself. Who copied down that half a letter of the Rosh. That seemingly appears from his words. That only great Chachamim are allowed to rule like the Rambam. The Rivash himself writes in his letters. In uh, letter 55. In all of these countries. They followed the Rambam in everything. Ayin Sham, look there. If you look in his letters in chapter 5 and Siman 5, you'll find that he writes that in their places they didn't have any books. 
אקסף פור גמרא אין רמב״ם. וכך כתב, וגם פה לא מצאתי מאומה מפירושין וחידושין ותוספות. And also here I didn't find any books of novel interpretations or commentaries or additions. רק ספרי הרמב״ם וגמרא, עד כאן לשונות, he only found books of the Rambam and the Gemara. הרי ברור כי על הלכה למעשה העיד הריבש. It's clear that the Rivash is talking about practical halachic matters. ולא כדסלקה דעתי לכאורה, ועדותו של הריבש הוא על כל ערי אלג'יר והמערב הפנימי. This uh, testimony of the Rivash is on all the cities of Alger, as well as the west, the inner west, you're talking about North Africa, that there they had two books, the Talmud and the Rambam, and they practically ruled everything like the Rambam. גם הריטבז, ראש ריטבז, ריבי דוד בן זמרה, from where? from מצרים. גם הריטבז in Egypt, גם הריטבז העיד בכמה תשובות. הריטבז also, רדבז, ריטבז, there's two. הריטבז also has a number of תשובות. על כל ארץ מצרים שהיא עטרי דה הרמב״ם, that the whole land of Egypt is the territory of the רמב״ם, ונהגו על פיו, and they follow his rulings. והאם כל ארץ מצרים היו בקיאים בחדרי הגמרא? Are you going to tell me now that everybody in Egypt was experts in Talmud? That's why they ruled like the Rambam. If you can only rule like the Rambam, if you are an expert in Talmud, she told me all of Egypt were experts in the Talmud. Reshut, Radbaz, Siman, Kuf, Tzadibet, Resh, Rosh, Tzad, Shin, Chavchet, Shin, Lamed, Hei, Shin, Samar, Vav, Shin, Samar, Ted. He's going through a whole list of Teshuvot where the Radbaz writes similarly. גם על ארץ ישראל היא דרדבז, דרדבז also testifies about the land of Israel, שהיא אתרי דהרמב״ם, that the land of Israel is the domain, is the territory of דהרמב״ם, ופסקו על פיו, and that practically the Jewish communities there ruled הלכה לקים, וחילשונו, and this is his exact language, והוא רבן, and he, דהרמב״ם, is the rabbi, רבן, the rabbi, של, the master, של כל הגלילות הללו. of all of these areas, of all of these territories. Resham Chelek Bet, Siman Tashla. So you have already Rivash, talking about North Africa and Algeria, that practically everyone ruled like the Rambam. You have the Radbaz in Egypt, telling you that in Egypt everybody ruled like the Rambam. How? Not because they first studied Gemara and then came to their own conclusion like the Rambam. Rather, the Rambam is not a book of opinions, it's a book of Halakha Pesuka. These are the laws. Not one opinion. The Rambam has an opinion. Recently I was talking to somebody who was a Tamikham. And he asked me, oh, could this be in times of Mashiach? This sign, that sign, the next sign. I told him, my dear friend, the Rambam says that there's no difference between how it's going to look in the world now in the days of the Mashiach. Kim shibud malchuyot bilvad. The Rambam rules the halakha. And Ben, there's no difference between ימות המשיח, למה זה? אלא שיבוד מלכויות בלבד, זה דרמב״ם. זוויה, כמאן, so the Rambam is the, is the only opinion? I said one, the Rambam is not an opinion, he's the law. Two, the Rambam is not an opinion, he's the Talmud. Three, yes. To the best of my knowledge, the Rambam is, I'm saying that uh, as a figure of speech. The truth is the Rambam is the only posek halacha who ruled, codified, the laws of the Mashiach. What the Rambam says is what Halakha is. So. 
If you look in the writings of the Maharam, Rabbi Moshe, he was from a place in Castilia called Zamora. Some of you might like that wine, Zamora. Uh, in Hebrew, we write with a Samech, and my assumption is that S and Z in Spanish are interchangeable. Maharam al-Ashkar writes al min karambam that the custom is to rule like the Rambam. If you look in the Shad Vishuvot, Val Teman, and in Yemen, Kach Heir Gam Maharitz. Who's the Maharitz? Rabbi Chie Salach. Maybe I'll talk about him in just a moment. Give me one moment. Besifro Pulat Sadiq, in his writing Pulat Sadiq, Chalik Bet, Veod. I just recently read a fascinating article about the Maharitz from Rabbi Dr. Ratzon Arusi, who should live and be well in Israel. Rabbi Arusi was discussing the type of personality who was the Maharitz and about the influence of external customs in Yemen at the time of the Maharitz. Maybe I could back up a little bit and give you a little brief history lesson along with some of the key components of that article that I think are crucial to understanding the way that uh, Maran works and other poskim like him. I'm not sure yet that I agree entirely, but I'm certainly sure that this is food for thought that every thinking Jew must think like. So for those of you who are regular in Abed Midrash, this is a chidush. And Abed Midrash below chidush, this is something that I found to be profound. Maharitz was in the same time period as a few other chachamim. There's a famous chacham, uh, actually uh, the Savins uh, lent me his books now, Shtilez Yatim, Rabbi David, who was in Yemen also, and he was a posek who his opinion was that Shulchan Aruch came to Yemen, and it's incumbent on the Yemenite Jews to give up their minhagim and to follow the rulings of Maran, because Maran, like I wrote in the introduction of my book, Yishanom, came to unite all the Jewish people under one umbrella. It's interesting for that reason that you'll notice that the Shtilei Zetim doesn't comment on the writings of the Ramah. He doesn't care much about the Ramah. Why? Not a disrespect to the Ramah. Because the whole purpose of the Ramah is to defend Ashkenazi custom from the attacks of Maran. Not really attack. But Maran's halakha becomes the new thing in the block. And the Ramah is concerned what happens if everyone becomes Sevaradim. So Ramah defends Minhage Ashkenaz from Maran. And that was successful. And everywhere in the world there are people who follow Maran, people who follow Ramah, even though they study the same book. The Shtilei Zetim, Rabbi David Mashraki, he believes what's going to be, how could it be, if now we give up our minhagim to follow Shulchan Aruch, except for, and except for, and except for, so what was the purpose of giving up minhagim? And he therefore only associates himself with Maran and views the Ramah as a, as, as a, a deviation from the intent of the Shulchan Aruch to unite all Jews under one ruling of Shulchan Aruch. But it's interesting. In Yemen, you had another camp, which by the way only happens really later at the camp of Kapach's family, which is diehard Rambamists. And you see in the time of the Maharit, he takes a very unique stance. The Maharit, and other works of his, is busy trying to walk this tightrope between preserving the customs of Yemen and pushing away foreign minhagim, including that of Maran, and including those minhagim of the Mukubalim from Tzvat, while at the same time not pushing away all of that influence and leaving certain minhagim that infiltrated from the outside the way they are. And normally people really scratch their heads because it seems like Maharit is not consistent. Sometimes he's a Rambamist, sometimes he follows Shukhan Aruch and Maran, sometimes he follows Kabbalah, every time he's doing something different and nobody really understood his methodology. 
Whereas Rabbi David and Shilai Zetim, you understand exactly how he's thinking. <laughs> he's following Maran. The other ones, the ones who were adamant in the original Minhagat Iman, they're following the Rambam. That was very easy to figure out. By the way, the same critique is leveled on the Ramah. Hari the Ramah's rabbi and the rabbis who came before him were adamant only in following Minhagi Ashkenaz. The Ramah comes along and he says, no, what are we going to do? Maran, Nasi Elohim betochenu, is the prince of God in our midst. Maran, kol acholek alav ki cholek ala shechina. Anyone who argues with Maran is like arguing with the shechina. But sometimes the Ramah does write, u minhagenu, v'aminhag, v'kach nohagin. The Ramah does add his notes. The truth is though, he's not always fighting for Minhagi Ashkenaz. And very often, Ramah is ruling like Maran. In fact, the majority of places in Shulchan Aruch, Maran, uh, Ramah rules like the Maran, even though it's not always consistent with Minhagi Ashkenaz. Now look at Maran himself. Maran himself is, is for some Sephardim a problem. You know my feelings of Maran. He's a problem because until the times of Maran, everybody followed the Rambam. And along comes Maran, and Maran says, you've got to be flexible. You have to include Ashkenazim. You can't expect them always to follow the Rambam. So we're going to make a, a, a summit. Rambam, Rif, Rosh, we're going to work it all together, and we're going to follow the majority. And he begins to compromise. There are minhagim that Maran brings into the world of Sepharad that we know for certain are not Sephardic minhagim. We know those are foreign to us. We know some of those minhagim come from Ashkenaz. Some of them, our Chachamim didn't love so much. But all of a sudden, Maran becomes the undisputed leader of the Sephardim. Harav Arusi notes something fascinating. And this is the part that I'm still working on. There are two kinds of leaders among the Puskei Halakha in the Jewish people. There are those who are diehard hardliners. They have a line and they tow that line and they don't deviate from their path. Their consistency is what makes them who they are. Like those Chachamim who follow the Rambam. You have those Chachamim who follow Min Hagi Ashkenaz, like the rabbis of the Ramah. You have those Chachamim in Yemen who had a hard line about the ways of Min Hagi Teman. So what made the Maharits the most famous posek, one of the travelers through Yemen? He writes in his journal, it could have been Evin Sapir, it could be, but I don't remember which one. He writes that the teachings of the Maharits of Rabbi Chetzanach were accepted in Yemen like Maran was accepted in Sepharad and the Ramah was accepted in Ashkenaz. Maharits became the undisputed ruler of the Temanim. I think everything in life you say undisputed. Obviously there'll be somebody who'll dispute something. But that's the popular uh, attitude towards him. Was one of his our rabbi. Why? Look at the methodology of the Maharits. The Maharits was not consistent for a reason. Wherever the Minhag of Maran, the Shulchan Aruch, or the Mekubalim from Tzfat didn't already infiltrate the Yemenite community, he kept it away. But wherever Yemenite Jews, Maharits, unlike the Ramah, who's the same generation as Ramah, you're already talking about a few hundred years later. Maharits is dealing with a community that for many years has been under foreign influences from outside of the Yemenite Jewish community. Maharits makes a choice. Let's not be hardliners. Let's not be fanatic. Those Minhagim that they already accepted, and they're, they're harmless, or we're choosing our battles wisely. We, can't, we have to win the war. So to win the war, you pick your battles. You, you choose, you strategically plan which battles you are going to lose so that you can win the war. And that's what the Maharits did. 
And if you consistently walk through his writings, you'll notice, you'll notice that he is consistently holding on to Minhaget Teman, where the Yemenite Jews did not yet adopt a foreign Minhag. But in places where that already became the mainstream, unless it was crucial for him to fight that Minhag, he didn't fight it. And that's why he became who he became. He said the same thing with Maran. Maran is dealing with a Sephardic community that is already struggling with influences outside of the Rambam. It's already struggling with other people's versions of Judaism, other beliefs, other ideas. And Maran walks this tightrope of, how can I preserve Minhage Sfarad while not losing everything? While not losing the people? And the Rahman does the same thing. It is interesting to note that it's usually those poskim who know how to compromise a little, that those are the poskim who become popular. And those who are rigid, they don't last so long. Now you can tell that Rasan Arusi, as a student of Rav Kapach, is struggling with this. He's not happy with this. He simply is observing this, and he claims it to be a fact. And I'm still thinking about it. But when I see the name Maharitz here, I, I don't know how I couldn't share with you that history and I, I hope that you think about this because most definitely it has already had the wheels turning in my head. Maran himself, there's a Tamikhan that I'm very close with. He always tells me, listen, Maran himself says that the Rambam is the ruler of Eretz Israel. You have to rule like the Rambam. We always rule like the Rambam. So why sometimes he doesn't rule like the Rambam? And for years I've been struggling with trying to find a methodology why Maran doesn't always, why does he deviate here but not here? And I think we may have just found the answer. There are certain things where the battle was already lost. Or Maran felt, okay, so we'll give a little bit. If I can fast forward into the future, Chacham Uziel. When Chacham Ben Zion Merchai Uziel decided, it's, 19, it's the early, 1948, it's the early years of the founding of the State of Israel. Can we unite Jews under the same umbrella, if you look in my shiur on YouTube, Jewish Stockholm Syndrome, I spoke exactly about this. Can we get all the Jews to sit around the table and say, enough with the exile, we're now together, can we follow one uniform code of law, like Maran attempted after the Spanish Inquisition. So if that means Sephardim will have to give things up, we're willing to do it. The Ashkenazim will give things up too. The Hasidim will give things up too. The Temanim will give things up too. We'll sit together and we'll agree on what we give up and what we keep and what we... Chacham Yosef, Alam Shalom, accused Rabbi Uziel of being a pushover, of being kafuf, submissive to the Ashkenazi chief rabbis. In another writing, Rabbi Yosef maybe wrote it better. He said that his goal for unity overcame his zeal for Sephardic halakha. I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of Chacham Uziel. Rather, Chacham Uziel was motivated by this desire to finally, after so many attempts in history, to unite all the Jewish people together. How many rabbis answered his call? Nobody. Chacham Uziel sat alone. And ultimately his students, like Rabbi Chaim David Halevi, led the future of the Jewish people into at least teaching halakha, when teaching halakha, to teach both Sephardim and Ashkenazim in the same books. So a rabbi should be able to know both halakhot. That's where we strive to go. Because if we can't unite, at least, at least, we should be able to include everyone and tell them their halachot, teach them their minhagim. And that was the goal of Maran. And perhaps that's the solution. Maran was consistent. He was consistent that he thought he was uniting world Jewry under one code of Jewish law. 
it's important if I can if I'm still segueing and going off my main topic it's important to understand that in order for us to function as a nation in exile that remains autonomous we must have our own legal system we must it can't be you know go somewhere, oh I'm, I do this and you do that and my minhag and your minhag this is a kind of Judaism you hear today unfortunately this Judaism is a fabrication of groups of Jews who were in Galut long enough to lose their halachic autonomy but in other communities my wife and I were speaking recently if a person was suing somebody in a Bedin in Turkey he knows the Bedin in Turkey follows which legal code the Bedin in Turkey follows Maran Shukhan Aruch chapter 453 subsection 6 and when he goes to Morocco to go find the person who stole the money from him he knows the Bedin in Morocco will uphold the ruling of the Bedin in Turkey and the Bedin in Morocco follows the same ruling 453 subsection 6 the same penal code and in Algeria and in Iraq and in Iran and in Syria and in Egypt in Libya that wherever you went in the Sephardic community the Chachamim were following the same legal code and before Maran that code was the Rambam this whole notion of well in our town we have this minhag in your town that minhag what does it have to do with Halakha? we are a nation you don't have a minhag California and a minhag New York when it comes to uh, federal laws. Yeah, maybe local uh, ordinances and, and penal codes, fine. But in main halakha, you have to agree on something. And Maran was under the impression that he was going to unite world Jewry. And that was the same impression that the Marit had when he was trying to unite the different factions in the Yemenite Jewish community. If you'll allow me to just finish the section so that when we continue after Pesach, we'll start in a new place and we won't get stuck in the middle of the teaching. Yiduahi on page Chavbet. It is known, Hatakana Shaita Toledo, the decree, the, the rabbinic uh, decree that was in Toledo. In Toledo, in Spain, there was a ruling of the rabbis that nobody is allowed to rule halacha against the Rambam. If you look in the writings of Yudber, by the way, that's an interesting author in, in his somewhat problematic understandings of Jewish history. The, there's a word for this in English, but essentially the, the history of the Jews in Christian Spain. And also lands of Castilia and Tunisia. By the way, Castilia and Spain are two different places. Same country. You have Andalusian Spain and Castilian Spain. Tunis is Tunisia. Rabbi Abraham Zakut, I think that's who this is. Biuchasin Amud Kuf Chabet. Vezedashono. Meshiatsu Chibura of Elev Nitpashtu Bechol Galut Israel. When the Rambam's writings were printed and they were spread out throughout the land of Israel, all of the Jewish people agreed to follow the writings of the Rambam. Paraji. Paraji was the Rosh Avod Batei Hadin, the Ravad of Alexandria in Egypt. So now again, you're back in Egypt. We have a Kabbalah, a tradition from the giants of, uh, of of Egypt, and the sages of the West. By the way, it's a very interesting thing. When in Jewish history, Ashkenazi Jews begin to consider themselves as Westerners and the Sephardim as Easterners. When the Sephardim... It's not my place to stick my head down here. 
שכל הקהילות שמסוף המערב וארץ מצרים וארץ נהריים וארן צובה, all the communities from, the, from מערב, from Egypt, from Syria, from Paras, from Iran, מתימן, from Yemen, כולם קיבלו עליהם להתנהג על פי חיבור הרמב״ם. Everybody accepted to rule according to the laws of the Rambam, I am that that is the territory of the Rambam, like we mentioned before. Ken Katav Gam Harash Bash. Who was the Rashbash? Rabbi Shlomo Ben Shimon Duran. He was a rabbi in Algeria. I actually use his Tuda. We have a Jew who's returning after many years of forced conversion to another faith. We have a Berachah that we give to that person. The Rashbash wrote it. For people who were returning after Shmad, after being forced to convert to another faith, and came back to Judaism, he gave them this beracha in his tshuvot, Siman Reishnun Aleph. Halalu, in all of these countries, lo hayu yichidim bador, lo bedorot. And these countries were not individuals. This was the way that they acted. Kam marana kesef mishneh. Also maran in his book, Kesef Mishneh, atzmo, in his own book. He'id al sugyan de'alma. He, he testifies about the general principle of the world. Like he retorted back to the Ra'avad. And not like that little piece that he quoted from the writings of the Rosh. Maran writes in his Shalot V'Tshuvot, in his response, Afkat Rochel. שהרמב״ם הוא גדול הפוסקים, הרמב״ם is the greatest of the פוסקים, וכל קהילות ארץ ישראל וארביסטן והמערב and all of the communities of ארץ ישראל and surrounding נוהגים על פיו, they follow his rulings, וקיבלו הוא עליהם לרבן and they accepted him as their master. וכיוצא בזה פסק בבית יוסף, יורה דעה, סימן רסה, מרן and יורה דעה rules the same way, ובכסף משנה הלכות תרומות, and the laws of תרומות and מרן's commentary, כסף משנה. הטילו מרן זצל ובדינו הגדול, דן מרן and his great בדין, they made גזרו גזירת נחש. What is גזירת נחש? I mean the snake. נידוי, חרם, שמטה. Three kinds of excommunication. על מי שינהג בארץ ישראל, שלא כדעת הרמב״ם. Whoever will be in ארץ ישראל and will not follow the רמב״ם, של חז ושלום, according to מרן and his בדין, be put into גזירת נחש. Should be excommunicated from the Jewish community. Shechen kiblu alehem harishonim linhog al piv. Because the original rabbis accepted upon themselves to rule in Eretz Yisrael like the Rambam. By the way, from here there's a teshuvah, a famous teshuvah. Of, uh, for, I believe Chaun Yosef even writes similarly. Maybe Rabbin Sion Abba Shaul, I once saw him write also in Oren Sion. That a person who converts to Judaism in Eretz Yisrael has an obligation to follow the rulings of the Sephardim because that is the... Listen, it's easy for us if I to say it, right? But because that is the master of the place, you should know that the Ashkenazi communities in Eretz Yisrael are very much original Ashkenazim, I don't know about today, are influenced very much by the Sephardic approach to Halakha. Uh, there are many minhagim that Ashkenazim outside of Israel don't do, and inside of Eretz Yisrael they do. The reason for them being that they are nigrau, they follow the Sephardim. And one of my dear Talmidim uh, sent me a... a, a Talmid, I can't say, a dear friend of mine, uh, sent me a a teshuvah from London, where in London, because the original Jewish community of London are Sevaradim, that even the Ashkenazim, when they write Gitin in London, write Gitin, the names, according to the spelling of the Sevaradim. What do we spelling of Sevaradim? You know, when you go and you see a word, uh, and it has 17 ayins and vavs and ayins and alephs and hays, you know that's, 
You know, that's a Yiddish uh, way to write something. They don't write that way in the Gitin. It was the rule in Maran's time to rule like the Rambam. The way that every regular person would understand the Rambam when he opened up the book. Like Rabbi Chaim ben Atar writes, like we said the other week. Rabbi Yosef Kapach threw all the big names at us now. Who's the Radbach? Rabbi Levi ben Chabib. I mentioned him in Yehi Shalom. There's a whole footnote about him. Uh, when Maran's rabbi founded the Sanhedrin, this is the rabbi who came from Yerushalayim to shut down the Sanhedrin that was founded in Sfat. Varav Betzalel Ashkenazi. He has a famous book called the Shita Mekubetzet. They use it a lot when they study Talmud. Varashdam, Rabbi Shmuel de Modina. He was in Saloniki, Greece. You have Hamabit. Who's Mabit? Rabbi Moshe Matrani. Matrani is also uh, from Greece. He was in Turkey in the beginning of his life and ended up in Sfat. If you remember the Paitan, he writes, uh, that Ari, the Ari Akadosh came to Israel and his cubs and all the students of Arizal. And then Moshe Darshan, who's Moshe Darshan? Rabbi Moshe Alshech. He came to Eretz Israel uh, from Turkey to Tzfat. There are many, many other Chachamim that write like this. Now, again, Rabbi Yosef Kapach is being uh, sarcastic because clearly in those times, it was, they, were, they were primitive. It was before the great people came to the world. The people who were too great to rule like the Rambam. So all of these uh, primitive Chachamim who came before, they, what can they do? They all rule like the Rambam because they were nobodies. But the people today can't follow the Rambam because they're too great for him. Understand? And it's not only the general rule of the world to follow Rabbeinu, and you don't just follow his words blindly with closed eyes. There were some other rabbis who were also just individuals in their generation. If I'm not mistaken, the same Rashach who was from Greece. Uh, if, if I'm correct, the same Rashach. I don't have his books and therefore I wasn't able to confirm that this was his Teshuvah, but if that's what my memory serves me. That we cannot push off the rules of the Rambam in any place. And even if we have clear uh, contradictions or, or troubles with the Rambam based on the Talmud that we have in our hands, we have to say the contradiction is because we are not smart enough. We have some problem that we don't understand the Rambam. Even if you have a proof in the Talmud against the Rambam, what can you do? These Chachamim who were just simple people in their generation, they write that in such a situation, it doesn't make a difference. Rather, we hang the problem on us and not on the Rambam. And so it's not just a general rule to follow the Rambam simply, but even complicatedly. Even if the Talmud seems to be contradicting, you could assume many things which we're going to talk about in the future, which is maybe the Rambam had a correct version of the Talmud, and the one we have is not correct. The famous Masechet of Gemara that was left over from Spain. Unlike the Vilna printings we have today, this is older. And it doesn't have that many differences, but the few differences it has the ramifications of that Spanish uncensored Gemara, the ramifications are endless. And that's only from the little bit that we have of that Masechet, uh, of that tract of the Talmud. You can only imagine if we had all of the Talmud like that, what it would look like in the world today, and how many mistakes were built upon mistakes, 
And therefore, these Chachamim, who were just simple in their generation, they weren't the giants who were too good for the Rambam, say, even if you think the Rambam made a mistake, don't assume that he did, assume that we did, and that is how Rabbi Yosef Kapach is going to leave us off until Bezal Hashem we return here after Pesach. God willing will be in Yerushalayim. God willing will be Tichiyat HaMitim. God willing Rabbi Yosef Kapach will be there to teach us himself. But if not, then Ani Be'aniuti, myself and my humility will be here Bezal Hashem to learn with you after Pesach. God willing, if those who want to stick around, we have a Shulchan Aruch Shi'u right after this. Thursday we have a Shi'u in Agadah. We'll be finishing the introduction of Rabbeinu Avraham the son of the Rambam, and then we will break all of our classes until after Pesach.